Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 401, and today we'll be talking about Lilypad Thai and Planter's Last Stand from Amphibia. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Excited to get back to this pair. Oh, Stumpy is so relatable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is the last uh, bit of completely casual, carefree episodes in season one before we, you know, Uh-oh. learn what else is going on, you know, in the world of Amphibia. Of course, there's many more carefree episodes to come, or, well, at least the pair of uh, next episodes brings us back to Sasha, but, uh, yeah, it's it's fun to just redecorate a restaurant and also watch Hop Hop completely devolve into a, uh, you know, lying salesperson. Snake oil <laughs> salesman, yeah. I, I don't understand, like, how are they worried about the, the planters having any money? We've seen how good Anne is at interior, not decoration, just whole renovation. Like, she could charge a lot of money for these services. Yeah, but <laughs> no one ever, you know, comes up with actual business plans in uh, in cartoons, GC. I, yeah, I guess her parents ran a restaurant, not a home improvement company. She could have got a sponsorship from Binford, though. Think about it. I, I'm thinking about the fact that Honesty got the planners nowhere because Hop Hop's still handing out IOUs, even though he's, you know, individually checking the health of each gourd he's handing out to people. It's really sad. Well, you'll also notice he didn't actually receive any money from Sadie for that gourd, so... <laughs> so even worse. <laughs> now, okay, so, uh, I, you know how I like to complain about small things? This time, what got me was, okay, so they're like, okay, if the rent on the stand is quadrupled, that means I can't afford to keep the stand. Which I guess makes sense. You know, if the rent's really high, I could see it being a quarter of your total earnings. But the thing is, that one of the first things Anne says about the planter's potions is, we can charge through the nose for these things. And then, so they sell through all of their produce and still don't have enough. Right. (laughs) Like, were they not charging through the nose for these? I saw that when uh, they refunded somebody for a planter's potion, they only returned two copper pieces. So at best, they're charging double. When they had their little save the stand sign that they were filling in, and it was kind of unbelievable that uh, as they were just raking in literal piles of money, that still wasn't enough to, (laughs) you know, I don't know what the goalpost was. Was it just to pay the rent? (laughs) Because that seems beyond egregious. Yeah, that was that was literally just the the bare minimum so that they could break even on the stand. I mean, either that or they are only making a margin of like, you know, two to five percent. <laughs> you know, like their rent was basically the entire cost of the stand operation and they made very little money. So is this like playing into something later in the series? Because I know you've mentioned before how Mayor Toadstool is just so efficient at bleeding the town dry of like every every ounce, but this is like something that I would expect to be like the herald of. Oh, he's clearing them out, but why? I do wish that there was a connection point. I'll look for it again, but I it, it's weird that the mayor's just mentioned you know off screen here, and I don't remember any through point because obviously the rent doesn't go down. Like the episode doesn't end with somebody learning a lesson and <laughs> reducing the rent, right? Like. They just lose the stand, and presumably every other merchant is keeping up somehow. 
So the the wealth extraction is working quite nicely. But the townspeople Very have a surprising nicely. amount of money to throw at health drinks, which is normally yeah, a yeah. Uh, sign of a wealthier community. Uh, I, I absolutely like, you know, for one, I did think of that one SpongeBob episode, Chocolate with Nuts, when he's coming up with the outlandish, tell them anything and they'll eat it up. You know, that reminded me of Chocolate <laughs> with Nuts. But what it really reminded me of, the the way he is uh, apologizing to everybody, and even Sadie, you know, says she's looking forward to him earning her trust back, it made me think of the end of the WWE Flintstones crossover movie. Not a very <laughs> good movie, by the way, even if, even if you like the WWE crossover movies. But Fred goes a little, uh, you know how in older cartoons there's the concept of gold fever, or once you, once you get a little bit of the gold or the green mm-hmm, stuff, you mm-hmm. focus exclusively on that, alienate all of your friends, and eventually you have to go back to the relationships that actually matter. Well, Fred goes through that, but this is the Flintstones. So it's not gold fever, it's clam fever that he suffers from. And, you know, in the end, he does the right thing. And so they're at the beach and his wife is like, oh, you're just lucky Mr. Slate gave you your job back. And Fred's like, he had to. It turns out clam fever is an actual medical condition. And that is what this made me think of. (laughs) Well, thanks for running through that. (laughs) Just the way he's, you didn't watch the movie. He's doing the same kind of like strutting around like uh, Fred was in his I'm going clam crazy montage like. The trappings of wealth. Well, see, that's what makes Hop Hop's situation pretty funny is he is actually just enjoying the performance of it. Like, he's excited that he he's is an convincing actor. people. Exactly. So it feeds into that personality trait perfectly. He's just a showman. And yeah, he's saving the stand, but he doesn't really get any gold fever. You know, he's not even trying to. If they were doing that, they would be earning way more money than was required to cover the stand, right? And he would just mm-hmm. be like, you know, suddenly buying more things. But no, he's just excited that, you know, he can tell people all of these very frog-specific things <laughs> that are exciting <laughs> about the potion, like being shiny and having a sticky tongue and yeah. making your kids respect you. <laughs> then, of course, he goes uh, a bridge too far trying to sell the literal garbage as a special edition potion. Which is not Anne's fault. Save it for when you're in video games, dude. <laughs> that's right sell your trash to the video game merchants yeah i, I like that Anne did back off like and it was hop hop who took it way too far Anne's like it's fine to lie if the drinks are harmless and people are dumb for believing you but actually feeding people harmful things is maybe not cool <laughs> so Anne has limits yeah. but hop hop doesn't if he's in the moment yeah he just gets in the zone you know the drama it's zone. like when uh drew saturday starts tossing uh tvs around <laughs> Uh, but uh, what about Lily Pad Thai? This was a great pair of episodes, so I don't want to sell Lily Pad Thai short. I know, we skipped right ahead, but that's because Hot Pop is so engrossing, right? Like, I just want to yes. obsess about him. Uh, it, it was a much, like, cuter and more heartwarming story to watch a restaurant transformation, right? And watch an old, grizzled guy that definitely, like, beats up really gigantic monsters to feed them to people. And, you know, have him uh, actually run a restaurant instead of... I'm assuming his thing was, like, he was just a beefy guy who could <laughs> kill things big enough to feed a village for a while. Like, because I don't know why he got into this business. I don't know what his story is. All I know is that when he's like, what's this weird feeling in me chest? And, you know, both times I watched this episode, I thought Anne was going to say that. 
is pride. But right. No, she said it's hope. And I think pride fits better. I think she misread him. Because pride was what he was lacking. Although he, he was also lacking hope. Um, I like uh, the darn mushrooms on the fritz. <laughs> Gonna have to get a replay. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, instead of an axe murderer being waiting in there, it's Anne. She creeps a lot of people out. Well, she is a horrifying monster. I, I did like that he, uh, the, you know, besides the giant kraken attack, which is our, you know, monster of the episode, we do get a, a better, you know, they keep having like weird <laughs> dark things. Dude. Well, <laughs> yeah. The fact that his hand is built from his hand, like his spatula hand is just built from the bones of his actual hand. Only in that one scene. In all the other scenes, it's clearly made of metal. And that's not the only thing. His spatula actually changes hands for the during the entire Kraken fight. When the Kraken actually attacks the counter and he dives out of the way is the first shot where the spatula is on his right hand. And the spatula stays on his right hand until when he's smashing the Kraken with his tenderizer hand, which is then inexplicably on his right hand. And then, uh, then he's back to having the spatula on his left hand and his... Uh, yeah, spatula on the left hand and his old pan, his old beat-up hand on the right hand again. Yeah, I don't know where those types of technical errors come from and what point in the process you would stop that. Or if it's just an intentional decision to say, well, the framing of the scene is going to work best if he's attacking from the opposite hand. See, what I assumed was that they wanted to have it when he flips the lemon over to Anne. I'm assuming that was why they did it, but... I would just assume that they could have him turned a different way to flip it. But maybe that's just the way it looked better as if it was in his right hand. Right. His hands are interchangeable, though. So, you know, he could just off screen swap them around. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even going to ask where he got that giant tenderizer hand from. (laughs) Hopefully not from a much larger hand bone. He's a tough guy. So wherever he's got to keep it. Yeah. But other than that, I liked what they did with uh, duckweed. He was complaining not that the restaurant was bad or that the food didn't taste great. Um, He had such a stupid little complaint of, oh, this just feels like two things put together without any synergy. And then he likes the restaurant for an equally stupid reason, not because the food was any good, but because, oh, this is crazy and unique. It's like a low effort parody of uh, critics or something. People who crave novelty over all else. The fact that his reviews are published on the message board and not in the newspaper is, I think, speaks to itself. Well, they called him a newspaper critic at first. I know, right? And then he just posts his review to the message board. I, I don't know. <laughs> he got excited. He, he, he wanted that out there right away. He didn't want to have to wait for an editor. You see how he dresses? He's got money. He doesn't need to get paid for this one. This was always personal. I'm surprised there's a local newspaper that even has comics printed in it, that they have that level of technology. Again, like, this town has a lot going on in it, and yet all that wealth goes to the mayor. Oh my goodness. Well, obviously not all of it. You didn't see him out here buying Planter's Potion. I mean, that's true. He probably has his own belief in crazy health drinks, though. Uh, I don't think he believes in anything that doesn't make him money. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be much better if just, like, a strong authoritarian, like, Toad could come in and enforce something over him (laughs) and Uh help straighten this town up. I don't know. Is it 53 already? But yeah, 
honestly, I don't like it's it's a pretty straightforward <laughs> save the restaurant episode. So honestly, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I liked the bit where they were. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that's actually quite clever. Uh, when he was explaining the the costume to them, <laughs> it was un- that was an unusual joke for Amphibia because it was more of the Family Guy style hold out the dialogue for <laughs> for some silly reason. Like, yeah, he had a costume and then just hold no, out the bit for a while. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know because they did it again. This the, remember. Just a, a few episodes before with Soggy Joe, where they're explaining what happened. And like the joke is that they're just going through what we, the viewers, oh, yeah. have already watched. And this was like exactly the same style on the characters talking. So I don't know. They, they, there's precedent for it in Amphibia. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. It's less about the, uh, the switcheroo of expectations and more the realism of the dialogue like or i don't know if that's realism but they're just you know kind of they don't have any strong emotions towards each other they're just like talking through and realizing this thing oh yeah that's interesting that's the funny (laughs) part they're just matter of fact like you would expect and to have a different reaction to him or she's just having a very oh yeah that is very interesting what you're telling me hmm like this is not what she should be concerned about because they're not ultimately enemies either (laughs) like they're not actually pitted against each other she's genuinely trying to impress this critic to you know help save save the restaurant get the town involved again okay so another minor complaint why does stumpy have a menu with tiny font if he doesn't even need to ask you what you want he's just going to give you the bowl of what was it called toad sludge because he used to have hope it's something he hasn't felt in a long time and a long time ago he probably did have a menu and served various things, but somewhere along the way, lost his friends, lost his families, <laughs> lost his hands. Good frog, he's coming up with reasons. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the small font is what started him down the road. It didn't have to be yeah. any other thing. I mean, it is a it is a rookie mistake, so. Do you like how the town, whether it's the restaurant or the, the, the vegetable stand, just congregates all at once for any one singular thing that's occurring (laughs) it always happens to be whatever Anne's doing that's kind of truth in television because it's a small town so news spreads real quick (laughs) i do enjoy that that it's just like every character model of every frog (laughs) is is involved in any scheme (laughs) that Anne's up to Oh, oh boy. So are we going to have uh, a new spin-off series now that Amphibia is over? Anne, Anne, and Annie? Oh, God. <laughs> Wrong network? <laughs> I don't know. Just the way you said scheme, it seems in character for Anne. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. I could see that. Selling. You could definitely sell some giant jawbreakers <laughs> to some of these village idiots. <laughs> uh, double N. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking of the flies in Planter's Last Stand. That was you. You know how uh, I, I guess we haven't got there yet in the Owl House, or have we? Everything is hairy up close. <laughs> yeah, those flies are pretty gross. Yeah, I kind of forgot that there are flies small enough for the frogs to eat, but. That's what Toadie reminds us of as he gets carted off into the sky. So apparently, apparently, Wally. I think, or yeah, well, not Wally, not Toadie, who we haven't seen in a while. 
We even scrubbed out the Wally. That's what you think. <laughs> Good old Wally. Actually, we did see Toadie because Toadie delivered the bad news of the of the increased rates and then hopped away hilariously. Yeah, before <laughs> before they could read it because he knew they'd be bad. <laughs> disturbing, disturbing flies. At least the flies uh, took the took the deal. They could have had just two of them try to recover it, but I guess they wanted to be sure. I don't know why they care if it hits the ground, though. They they were shown to be quite happy to suck that sludge up off the <laughs> off the dirt. Yeah, they actually got the happy ending, though, riding off into the sunset. Yeah, they were the ones who won here. <laughs> now Hop Hop's not just out of stand, he's out of... I'm going to call that a hopper. <laughs> <sighs> Poor Hop Hop, I don't know what they're going to do. But uh, from what you're telling me, it's not going to be happy. I know how the season ends. I just know that we're... Only halfway there. I love that we're, when we're eventually, like, this will be the first time in a long time that we're actually watching a show together, and we'll hit episodes that both of us have never seen in real time, <laughs> and react. It's very exciting. Yeah, well, the the journey Amphibia takes is a scary one at times, but... But not this time. <laughs> but maybe next episode. Uh, things, I don't things... know. Those, those slides... I can see there being small children being scared of those flies. <laughs> Aww. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Lily Pad Thai and Planter's Last Stand. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. And don't forget to uh, leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, you may live forever. <laughs> Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>